0: Welcome to Muse to the Pharaoh, a Prince podcast from a female perspective. I am your host, Darling Nisi. So today we're going to talk about a topic that's pretty popular in the Prince fandom, and that is about emotional intimacy, or really just intimacy. Um, A lot of people talk a lot about how Prince talks of sex and different things like that, but today we're going to argue that it's a little bit more than that, that the connection that he has to his fans, or even especially to women, may be a little more based on empathy and things of that sort. So we're going to talk to some people, actually, who are friends of Prince, some women um, that were around in the last 15 or so years of his life. And we're going to talk about some songs and drill into some of those topics there. So first, we're going to introduce my co-host, Fisayo, from the Tumblr crew. Hello, Fasayo. Hi. Hello, everyone. And then we also have Samantha
1: hi
0: (laughs) and chloe from all the way across the pond in london hello how you doing (laughs) good so first um as we always ask we want to know how people discovered prints in the first place and so let's start with samantha
1: um i actually my mom listened to them while i was growing up but i didn't hear the music from her i um was actually at Electric fetus in Minneapolis with my dad when I was five. And um, Raven to the Joy Fantastic had just come out, and I was just, like, captivated by his look on the cover. And my dad was very reluctant to buy the album for me. Um, but at home, he would play, you know, international rap and reggae and pop and blues and jazz, and I loved all of it. And every single genre that I had loved growing up, was on that one album, and I was just hooked from that. Wow. Okay. So how about you, Chloe? Um, my one is
2: quite funny. I first started getting into Prince at the age of 18. I remember watching the BET Awards back in 2010, and it was his um, time to be tributed for him to win in the Lifetime Achievement Award. It's just ironic that the year before Michael had died, and everyone was all over Michael, and in this whole situation with Prince come off with this rivalry and I remember at the time Janelle was like the it girl and she performed for Prince and I was like I was looking at Prince and I was like I know the name but I didn't know much of him because in my household no one really listened to Prince it was more i from a West Indian background my parents are from Jamaica so it was mostly reggae and so and Calypso I'd listen to and um, I asked my godfather when I at a time I, when I was watching the BET Awards if Prince was gay yeah. because the fact that Prince with makeup, he had the perm, and he's wearing heels, and I was like, very flamboyant. And I thought, who is this guy? 2010, I didn't bother looking into him until 2013, fast forward. Um, released the album, Electric Lady, and the second track was Giving Him What They Love, which featured Prince. Now, when I listened to it, I thought, okay, this is interesting, this is good, who is Prince? So I went out my way to research him, and then from then, I got hooked. Eventually, Fast forward into um, January 2014, um, into my 19th birthday, I um, found, I just like started listening to more of Prince and started downloading some of his music. So I started off with Purple Rain, thinking that Purple Rain was his first album, and it turns out to be like his fifth album in his catalogue. <laughs> and I worked my way backwards and thought, okay, let's look at that album that kind of started off the idea of Purple Rain in the Way, which was 1999. So I bought the two CDs straight away. And then eventually, by I don't know, by chance, Prince had announced that he was coming to London, and I got a chance to see him the, like two weeks after me like discovering him properly. So, yeah.
0: Wow. That's so interesting to hear people who discovered him like later on, because I, I always kind of get a little sad when people are like, oh, they're, they're late or whatever. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter when you discover Prince as long as you do, because that's the whole point, right? to make sure that he's out there enough for people to pick up as you know time goes on and it's really important to recruit new people to the army as much as we can yeah um, so again on our podcast we generally are all born after the purple rain time so our perspective of Prince is a little bit different not having that context of the 80s experience and so <clears throat> I think you guys are a little bit younger than me but I wanted to ask as younger members of the fam what did you think about that that legacy he was crafting um as you were coming up not having that context of when he was like this huge ever-present backed by wb for the most part and just everywhere um type experience that the people in the 80s had and we'll start with samantha
1: um i actually when i was growing up i um would download a lot of his music off of LimeWire, And there were a lot of um, YouTube videos of interviews out there. And I would watch all of them and just try to consume as much as I could. And I found that he was kind of rebelling against the success from Purple Rain throughout much of his career afterwards. And so um, I kind of... Uh, how do I put this? Um... like those those words um stuck with me and i i had this kind of bitterness about purple rain for a very long time and i still kind of do um because i had heard him talk about it so much in um almost like not quite a negative sense but um that he hoped that, or wished that people would listen to more mm mm-hmm.
0: Because I know that you're a big fan of the one-night-alone time period like me, and he would actually mm-hmm. spend time on some of those concerts saying, this is not 84. Last time I checked, this was not
2: 1984. If you come to get your purple rain on, you might as well hit
1: the door.
0: I feel you on that, exactly. Um, how about you, Chloe? Chloe? Oh, well, I see myself as quite of an
2: old soul. I tend to feel like I was born in the wrong decade. I should have been born in the 50s and grew up throughout the 80s and relived it. But, see, the thing is, at the time of me listening to Prince was hitting milestones. I started liking Prince at the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain. So in the community, it was a massive thing. I felt I relived the same energy everyone had at that time, 30 years later. And um, I felt, in a way, I I kind of felt confused because I was like right after the Purple Rain era, throughout the entire decade of the eighties, no one else talks about Prince's work publicly in mm-hmm. the media as such. He's not celebrated enough. I'm was thinking he needs a lot more respect than what he's given. The fans community, yes, he gets that, but on the outside in music like in the music industry, either in radio, television, or at the time in magazines, like I think like he should be respected a lot more. And especially I I learned so many things about who he was and i was so surprised as well for the amount of body of work he created right after purple rain and even that small period of time during that time of the purple rain how much albums and people he had worked with and and, um to to um answer your question i relived it lucky enough i i had met some fans who gave me copies of the music and outtakes and basically archived them and gave them to me as the months go on from each like milestone I would listen to that type of music and think myself and put myself in that position of Prince like what is he thinking what's he doing next and what's going to come next so yeah to answer your question.
0: Okay so the topic today is talking about emotional intimacy and Prince's connection with women specifically as I mentioned earlier there is a kind of trope that Prince talked about sex a lot or it was more about romance sometimes. And I wanted to argue that maybe it's a little bit more than that. Maybe it's about learning how to connect to people and writing songs about how to listen and different things like that. So what we want to do today is to drill into some of those songs and um, what they mean to you guys. So um, first, even though I kind of (laughs) revealed what I thought about emotional intimacy as far as... um, the ability for people to communicate in a way that makes you feel seen that I think Prince was really good at. What are you, you guys' thoughts about emotional intimacy and in Prince's music? We'll start with Chloe. Oh,
2: I'm in the hot seat now. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, people being naive listening to Prince, they automatically think he's being dirty, sex straight away, immediately, because of basically certain buzzwords he uses his lyrics in wow. particular songs. And I felt like it's a way for him to catch them up for people actually able to listen to the track. And actually make them pay attention to what exactly what he's talking about. Because when I first started listening to him, I was like, he's talking about sex, but he's using it as a metaphor for other things, for the relations Mm -hmm. of his religion, God's life in general, or current news affairs that will happen at the time, and possibly all things that's going to happen in the future, or things that's happened in the past in history. And um, in the intimacy side of things, he definitely knows how to describe emotion Feelings, real raw feelings. Yes, he's Prince, but also he's gifted enough to actually understand certain emotions that people can relate to. And um, that, as, as I get older, when I was younger, listening to him, I was like, oh, you know, I'll play around. But as I get older, I'm now in situations I've seen myself into. I can relate to certain songs that Prince has made in his later years, as such in the 90s and actually 2000s and 10s.
0: Um, so I hope that answers your question. Something that you said, Chloe, just then was interesting, that as you got older, you were able to relate to Prince a little bit more. I definitely had that experience as well, because um, I was born in 85, and I, my first memories of Prince were around 91, and um, as I talked about in the last one, or in the first episode, we had um, Cream being the one that resonated with me as the first song that I was aware of by Prince, besides a door that came on the radio, but Cream especially, but... um as I got older, probably around college time in 04 with musicology, that's when I was like, oh, I've been through some things in my life to where I could actually relate to what he was saying past this sounds really good. Mm-hmm. So it, it is really interesting as you listen to more of his music, more of the meaning comes through, and then more of the um,
1: – it just resonates
0: more as you learn more about yourself. Um, actually, one
1: thing – One part of Prince's music that is really influential to me um, is the fact that he was never really the dominant person in these relationships that he sings about, um, except, I guess, in in songs like Head or Lady Cab Driver. But in most songs, um, he's passive, and he is letting a woman take control of their experience. And he sings about these women as real humans. Um, And he says... Things like let me and not, um, you know, I'm going to. Just little um, lyrics, things like that were really important to me growing up because I didn't see very many um, positive relationships between people where where the women got control. Um, I grew up seeing a lot of really abusive relationships um, where women were the passive ones, and it was very refreshing to through Prince that there was an alternative and it was a beautiful one I think one of the obvious
2: ones where he's more in control is Mr. Goodnight from the Planet Earth album is the fact that you mentioned that um, you can pick a dress from the, the bed and I can put on a matching suit it's like wait you're dressing me
0: in an hour or two you'll be
2: taken to a suite that will rival your wildest dreams Hi. and on the bed three dresses to choose one pick one then you get a call from me <laughs> Tell me which dress you chose So I can put on, put on my matching suit All the real guys hold your hands up You know how Mr. Goodnight (laughs) did It kind of goes back to the fact that A few years before, a few years ago He was talking about if I was your girlfriend um, Would you make me pick out your clothes And you know those sort of things, those themes out there And I was just thinking to myself It's like a, it's a sort of form of control But it's also like assisting in a way um, I, I could I'm just thinking about if I was in her shoes how would I feel about that it's it's quite flattering but also
0: not scary but it's like oh okay
2: you're definitely in the really charge here, I see
0: yeah <laughs> how about like from the opposite where the woman's kind of in control or even he's talking about a song maybe that comes across as sexual but it's just deeper I think Peach
1: is a really good example of that. Um, where he he talks about, I mean, I know it's about, I think most people do, but um, he talks about her body, but he also says that she's she's smart and um, she's good with family. And um, and then he says, you're so cool and I'm so ugly. And I'd be a fool to think that you could love me. It's, um like he's exalting women to a point where he doesn't feel like he's good enough, even though he obviously was. I would die if I kissed her. I would try. But the last on this. She's so cool. And I'm so ugly. I'd be a fool think she could love me. This kind of girl's always out of reach. She's a bleach.
2: One of the songs that is on my list, Blue Light from the symbol album, Love Symbol album. There is a line that he says, he says, you say not in public, but I say in the car. Um, but if you look at the entire verse, it's like he's so full of joy over her, but she basically calls the shots and he'll follow through. Even though he makes suggestions, he'll still try his best to like please her.
1: On the cover of a magazine, double heart attack, couple both died in a fight. Oh, I, bet I don't want to cross that road because I love you too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do anything just to heat up your cold touch. Anything I would do but up until you tell me to do. Um,
2: but he's so overjoyed with the relationship. And his sexual desires—that like he's willing to share that with anyone and everyone—how proud and happy he is. Um, that, that's one of the songs I feel like is kind of underrated, but it's like if you listen to it, you kind of understand where he's coming from.
0: Right. And then um, one thing I just have to mention: "Sexy MF," where I know I posted it on Facebook the other day, and I was like, "Don't get you know turned off by the title of the song, everybody," because when you listen to it, he's talking about. It's not about your body, it's about your mind and a lot of lyrics um, and how you want to learn with you. I want to teach you about cosmic topics so that we don't have to fight. You kind of get caught up in the funk of it, and the different um, lyrics that are very witty, but once you start listening to it, it's like, oh, actually he's talking about something that's not at all about sex at all, and there's a lesson here.
1: Another song like that, um, while I was growing up, I refused to listen to Pussy Control because I'm like, I know what that P stands for when I saw the video of <laughs> Pussy Control. And I'm like, I don't think I want to listen to that. And then I think I finally did when I was like 13 and I'm like, oh, like he's not controlling it. He's, it, he's thinking about this woman who is like, needs to come into herself um, and fully realize who she is before she can let a man into her life. And that was like so important for me here too begins in a schoolyard, a little girl skipping rope with her
2: friends, a tisket, a task, no lunch in her basket, just school books for the fight, she would be in one day over this hoodie, she got beat for some clothes and a rep, with her chin up, she stole it, all your all's molded, when I'm rich on your neck, I will step and step, she did to the straight age, then college, the master degree. She hired the heifers that jumped her and made every one of them work for free? No. Why? So what if my sisters are trifling? They just don't know. She said mama didn't tell them what she told me. Girl, you need pussy control. You
0: ready? And same thing for, I guess, Glamorous Life that he worked with Sheila E on. Um, I always feel like that's the same thread of songs where there's a woman who's very successful. She has her own stuff. She mm-hmm. can take care of herself. But then she talks about um love is still important <laughs> and you can have all these things but if you don't have love do you really have anything Mm-hmm. I don't know, I take it personally because I'm very much about you know work and everything and not so much about dating but mm-hmm. uh-huh. it, it seems like they're, they're in the same family but they might be two different women where glor- Glamorous Life, she may not have recognized the value of love but he's kind of telling her but you need love also and then the Pussy Control is I respect you as a woman, I respect everything you have going on in your life if you would like then I would also like to take you out or, you know, date you <laughs> and things like right. that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, an option. And I thought of another one just now. Um, but does anyone have another one? because um, my, okay,
2: because you've sent, mentioned Pussy is another song that is actually put the word pussy in It's so strange, so weird. Um, Scarlet Pussy for me, personally. When you hear, when you see the tracking title, it's like Scarlet Pussy is like, oh, it's gonna be dirty. But it's not really, it tells a story. And it's Mm. something I can actually relate to. When I first discovered this song back in Halloween 2015, um, I was at uni on on campus for the first year. I was away from home. I'm away from mum, I'm away from family. And I have actually been like, it was my first introduction of um, sex in a way. And I was like, oh, this is where it is. And I was so shocked with the amount of attention I got because I went to an all-girl school, all-girl Catholic school. You know, I had like a decent upbringing, but I was into media and stuff like that. And um, I remember going through my catalog at the time. This was my time to explore into Prince's music and Scarlet Pussy came up. Once upon a time, in the land of fever, there lived a scarlet pussy. This kitty cat of fine descent was cherished by her mother, who wouldn't let another pet her unless he was qualified. And to me, that kind of relates to the fact that she's pure. She knows her worth. Well, she doesn't understand how much she's desirable and irresistible. And to me, it made me feel, realize that, okay, this song is all about the power of a woman, not just the fact that, yeah, she is what she is and what that song title is, but it's about the fact that it makes a man or woman desire her and for her to feel that she has control over them for the fact that he said that she can make you crazy when you're too close to her heat. She can make you sad when you're happy as can be that kind of control to change people's emotion. is actually quite powerful. And that to me is one of the songs that sticks out to me, where it's like, it, not just emotional, but just feeling the feeling as well. It's just, yeah, that's how I mm-hmm. do to call that one out there. It's just powerful. It's power of lust. Really. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. And, um, there are actually so many songs that are like that, whether it's Lust or Love. I'm thinking of Emancipation and the songs that he wrote for Maite. Um, mm-hmm. The Friend, Lover, Mother, Sister, Wife. So I said that wrong. Friend, Lover, Sister, Mother, mm-hmm. Wife. <laughs> and I remember the first time I heard that, and it was hard to listen to, not because of you know everything that was going on at that time, but it's like, can you imagine someone caring that much about you to write a song like that about you, where he's like, I have done a lot in my life, <laughs> and I feel like I went through all of that to prepare myself to be in a relationship with you. And he kind of just talks about her. At first I, I heard it, I was like, okay, so what? Because... You're saying that you're a player, but you had to be a player to, you know, get ready for all this. I'm like, what? That sounds lame. (laughs) It sounds like a top up But sometimes it is like that though, like you have to go through things to be able to appreciate what you have. And that's just a really beautiful song to um, have written about you really. have a baby again tears first time i heard it because he admires her so much he has so much love for her and thinks she's so beautiful what he's thinking about um so long have i gazed
2: into your eyes wondering what they look like on a newborn child my hand is on your thighs I'm thinking isn't it a miracle That life comes from inside So long I have listened To your voice Wondering what it would sound like Coming from a girl or a boy Isn't it funny you're truly in
0: love how just the thought of such things can bring you so much joy just the way that he's able to convey that because we all feel that way sometimes about the people we care about or the way that we're feeling lonely or yearning and he can just articulate it so well in a way mm-hmm. that or that's one of the things that made me so sad because I was like I, I'm i weird about my emotions. I repress them a lot. And then here's someone who can just take them out of my brain and put it into a song in a way that's way better than I could ever articulate. That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so to more of those songs, are there any songs that you guys can think of that resonate with who, not who you are right now that you can identify with, but who you aspire to be as far as that emotional connection or the way that you can... Um, articulate your own thoughts oh i have
2: a few um i well it's the name of this podcast the mr pharaoh from Mm -hmm. the rainbow children now um it's kind of in a way it's kind of kind of personal to me in a way because um when i was researching prints um I was looking for something more of a black sound and ancient Egypt, I learned that in school it to do with ancient Egypt and black history and I thought, okay, this song is about her historical aspects. But then from looking at the lyrics and saying things, it was like you can be anyone to me. That to me it inspires me that I can be anyone I want to be to get to the put um get to the top. Now um I when oh, how do I gonna phrase this now? <clears throat> The queen of your own kingdom, your your life, your legacy, your future, so to speak. But and it to me it makes me feel it's quite inspiring. I use that quote a lot or the Mr. Ferrer, just the name of itself in my bibliography when I put like on Instagram or, or on Twitter to so show that like, you know what? I'm I'm inspirational, I can make things happen, I can contribute towards certain things and basically it's quite um it's quite comforting as well like there's, there's another line in this song where it's like if the number 13 was such a bad luck number there's no such thing as luck but to me it's like people always have that face saying i'm not lucky i'm blessed and that's what i kind of re- relate that whole lyric to and um i look back at it and it's like yeah i definitely inspired i want to be a queen to somebody i want to be a queen of my own life i want to
1: basically take control so to speak and that's that sort of like that's where i'm going with that one Yusuf is actually my top favorite song right above Pum Pum and I, <laughs> I loved it when I was like 12 I was deep into studying Egyptian history and I connected to it um through the line the opposite of NATO is Aten and he's referring to Akhenaten the first monotheistic king in uh or god in um Egypt and um just being like woke on that level and aspiring mm-hmm. to be that kind of woman as well and when he says things like, um, perhaps she will let him decide. Like, you're not being upgraded just from Muse to his queen. You're, like, ruling your king.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, I love that your second song is Poom Poom. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like that song, too. <laughs> okay, so let's shift to um, something that's interesting about you two specifically and why I wanted to have you on this podcast. Again, I'm just a regular fan, me and Fisayo, we just, you know, stalking prints from the outside, but you guys yeah. actually got to know him personally. So, um, but first let's start with the first time seeing him perform. How did it feel and how did it impact or inspire you? And we'll start with Samantha. I
1: actually saw him perform for the first time Um, almost a year after I met him. Um, Ever since I was really young, I begged my mom to take me out to Paisley Park with her, and she said that I had to wait until I was 10 years old. And so um, we would drive out there every weekend after I turned 10 to see if anything was going on, and it resulted in just a lot of late-night picnics at Lake Anne. Um, And then I actually met him in 2006 at a gas station. He was in the Uh, backseat of Larry Graham's SUV with his two grandkids at the time um, which was a very I I feel like it was kind of an intimate setting for him to be in between children um, and very relaxed and he was introduced to me not as Prince but as Brother Nelson Um, Mm -hmm. and I was such a big fan at the time that I called my dad right after. I'm like, dad, guess who I just met? He goes, Prince. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like that was his first guest. Um, and then by the time I got to see him perform, it was at the seven, seven, seven show at the target center in Minneapolis. Um, and it, it was a really interesting experience because I was, um, I was 13 years old at the time and I was sitting next to these women in their thirties, um, and they were like yeah i know we're kind of young to be prince fans and i'm like oh yeah okay like they thought i was just like brought there with I, I went with my grandma and my my mom who was 8 months pregnant and on bed rest and she refused to stay at home um and i they were like you know thought that i was just brought there with them and um until you know halfway through the show when he's playing Holy songs and I know every single word, and they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, how does how does that? I thought we were young, like too young to be here. Um, but it was really interesting seeing him perform um, and knowing him, and it, this continued through um, until his passing when, when I would see, um, you know, television performances with him and, and Third Eye Girl. And just knowing them um, on a personal level made me feel really proud. And sometimes I would forget um, that they were already, you know, huge stars. And um, I I felt, I think, more of an emotional closeness during those performances um, because I saw them as human, if that makes any sense. -hmm. It
0: does, yeah. Okay. Well, how about you, Chloe? because um, I, earlier I said
2: 2015, but actually I got my timeline mixed up. Um, the first time I saw Prince perform was at. It was Wednesday the sixth or Wednesday the fifth of a of February 2014, at Camden in the Electric Ballroom. Um, I this is the time when I was just basically discovering Prince still, but by then I had already downloaded Emancipation's um, album. Purple Rain, i already seen Purple Rain. I was able to see Graffiti Bridge. I was trying to find a way to watch Under the Charming Online where I couldn't, because at the time, I was I had a bad habit before I discovered Prince of actually quote-unquote bootlegging albums and CDs and artists on my phone to so add to my collection. But then as I started to discover him, I started to respect a lot more of the artists and their art. So I went out my way to buy his stuff. And I remember at the time... There was speculation if Third Eye Girl was going to come over, if Prince was going to come over, and fashion, London Fashion Week and stuff. And I remember I was at college studying my creative media diploma. I was about eight, 19 at the time, and I saw an article or a tweet. And the tweet had said, hashtag PrinceWatchUK, and it said that Prince is going to be at Camden. There's a queue outside. When I looked out my window, it was raining outside, and I thought, mm, do I really want to go in like see him then but from looking at the articles and back in the day people had said if you go and see Prince you any performing you best go see him so I what I did I remembered me um, going home to charge my phone because I wasn't even at home yet I was still at college I went home changed my clothes charged my phone and I got outside Camden at Six thirty in the afternoon and I was by myself I didn't know anyone in the community by then I was just a 19 year old kid standing outside in a queue behind this building Um and I remember I was at the bus stop that's where the queue started to um, end at because it went around the entire building and I remember and I knew it was Prince's car, vehicle coming in. it was a Prince's vehicle coming in. it was a Mercedes it was a state car, it was a Mercedes estate with um, a 5 door 7 seater blacked out windows at the back but the driver's seat um, or the driver's windshield or wind mirror, whatever you guys call it, um, you could look for it. And I, I knew it was print. I didn't, obviously how the car was positioned, you couldn't see exactly inside, but I knew exactly the importance of how the security was around the vehicle. I had, it had to be print. And I remember it was coming up to like 11 PM. The first show had ended and it was the second show. And I was worried that they had changed the prices from £10 to 70 because I only had £20 on me. And I wasn't even working at the time. I only had the £20 on me, and I thought, okay, I'm going to see Prince come rain or shy. Yes, it's past my curfew, what time i meant to be at home. And eventually the doors had opened, and I went to go and see Prince for the first time by myself. And um, seeing him, I knew exactly he's not going to look the same how he did in the 80s. YouTube at the time didn't have many videos of him, but the little I saw... I was like, okay, this is what he's done. Those are the songs. But I had listened to Purple Rain and I listened to 1999 over and over again on loop. Uh, So I recognized some songs by Prince. And um, I remember him performing Something in the Water. Um, Something in the Water is one of my favorite songs. And the version he played with Ferdad Girl was completely different from what was played on from the album version, and I remember there was a I can't remember what lyric he said. and i said, oh god, I know this song. Oh my god, he's favorite, playing my favorite song, and I was like fangirling in the middle of the crowd, but everyone was so dead quiet and silent, looking and watching him. I thought, oh, okay, let me just um, button up real quick in that watch. And um, I the my first my best memory or my first memory of Prince on that stage was the house lights were off, spotlight was in the microphone stand, and he's emerging from the curtains, and you could see the shadow. Uh, it, was, it was like I think he was like a blazer with tassels on it, when he had his afro, but the afro was quite big, and he had the hat kind of tilted on the side, a similar hat what he mm-hmm. wore at the Brits award at the time. And I see him walking towards, it, and I thought, oh, here comes Prince, and that was the first time I've seen him perform.
0: Hmm. I do want to add something specific, um, because I know I had the opportunity to go to the piano and microphone Atlanta show, and I remember leaving that and feeling. It's really hard to describe. <laughs> I felt like I couldn't think straight. My head was fuzzy. It it was a weird experience seeing Prince because he kind of... Mm-hmm. Even, even if you go with a group, you feel like he's singing just to you. And then when you leave, you're just like, what just happened? I feel like he did something to me. I'm like, what is happening? I couldn't think straight. My head was fuzzy. It was like old school TV where it was just snow. My brain was like that. So I want to ask you guys... Do you remember after the first time you saw him perform in person, how you felt afterward? Um, I'm going to ask Samantha. I know it was a long time for you, but do you remember?
1: I didn't know. It. Um, you know, I've, I've seen him perform 40 times since, um, and I remember the, the most recent ones better, but um, no, I don't. I don't remember how I felt after my first show. I'm sure it was positive.
0: <laughs> it's like, you've seen him so many times. How about you, Chloe?
2: I, well, the first memory was I had fear because by the time Prince had finished, it was like one two one thirty two o'clock and I needed to be at home and my mom was going to kill me. Um, that kind of overshadowed everything. But I felt, I was exhausted emotionally and physically because I was like, I'm so excited. This is a person I have been researching for the past two 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 and a half weeks straight. And they're standing right in front of me. I was like, wow, he's um, this is Prince. Um, But to me, I felt like, like Samantha had mentioned earlier, he's human. He's just like everyone else. You know, you always see people online. Online now is the thing where you can get access to people. But looking at him online and seeing him in person, I have a lot more respect for him. Because, like, I've now seen him. I've seen what he's done. And I felt spoiled as well because I felt like, he didn't do the 20-minute callbacks. He came on, sort of like, t- twice that night, I think. came back on stage with Third Eye Girl, did a couple more songs, and it was like, oh, wow, this is a good treat. To me, I just felt really happy as well because it was a birthday present for to myself. So I was like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm really happy to see him.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, Samantha did talk about the first time meeting and speaking with Prince, but um, I'm going to ask you, Chloe... So I know you guys had some conversations as well. What what was that like for you the first time? Okay, Um, what happened?
2: Oh God! So the conversations, how it started off. um, Back in 2015 September, over here in the UK, especially in London, they tend to do like a weekend party celebrating. and milestone in Prince's life, and either in the 80s and 90s. And I was very um, in, like involved in that. And at the time, Hit and Run Phase One just came out and the response wasn't so good. And so um, I was in a group chat and stuff. We were talking about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a video about this. This is silly. Why everyone's so negative? Like, this is Prince. He's always known to like switch up his style whenever he wants to, however he wants to. And eventually it's going to get talked about. And so I decided to sit in front of my laptop and just talk for about 20 minutes straight about hitting Run phase two. And um, I put it on the internet, on, on YouTube, and left it as that. That was like mid-September. At the end, the last weekend of September is when they had the we had the Prince Park UK um, weekender celebrating 30 years of Around the World in the Day and the gold experience. And um, the following day, I was exhausted. I was away from home, so I went to go and visit one of my fellow members um her name's called claire We went to her house to like spend time with her and she had some other fans at her house and we were just chilling and, and um funny thing at the time i think she was dating marcus anderson so the conversation came up about prince on twitter and we was like oh is it true that right? it's actually prince tweeting because this whole speculation at the time is if um prince free eg was actually him and um i remember that conversation and i was like oh you know and um I, whenever Prince tweets on Twitter, you have to have your notifications on to know what he tweets on um, to find out if any announcement is going to happen mm. because he has a habit of deleting it sh- like two minutes, five minutes later. And um, as normal, I would like go and check my phone, and because I was away from home, I thought, let me check up, check my train times. And I saw a notification, and um, I saw like the tweet notification, and I saw a DM notification. And it was all the same name. So it was Prince's name. I was like, oh, okay, I'm tired. I don't know what this is. Okay, cool. And then I looked at it again, and I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second here. What? So I said to my friend, like, can you take my phone, please, and have a look at this? And just tell me if this is true, because I don't believe what I'm seeing here. And I did not believe what I was looking I thought it was a fake account. Or at the time, I was still in uni. I was in my second year at uni. And so at, in uni, we have, like, um, events going on for freshers. And I thought it was another rave with trying to invite me to promote their party and rubbish like that. And then she's like, oh, my God. And I was like, what do you mean, oh, my God? What's, what's, oh my God? Give me back my phone. That's what I said to her. Give me back my phone. <laughs> and let me see this. And I was like, oh, my God. Prince, send me a DM. Like, literally, I was like, oh. And then in the message, it was a copy of my link of my video, but I posted on YouTube two weeks ago, and then he said I'm going to post it, okay he's telling me this, but he really did post it already, he done posted it on Twitter already, without even, I could say yes or no, so I felt completely ambushed, and I was shook I was like, oh my god Prince is now, because at the time you know, internet, web sheriff anything about prince online on twitter on facebook on youtube he's on top of and I, I at the time i was very, i was really scared and he liked it and he shared it and that was the first um that was the beginning of the conversations i didn't respond to prince immediately privately but publicly because i was like i don't know what to say to him but it took me about two days to say thank you so much for you know appreciating you've given me so much confidence you know the you know the usual appreciation sentence you know that sort of thing and that was it
0: Okay. Wow, yeah. <laughs> the dream. Okay, so you guys actually um, had experiences where he specifically encouraged you to pursue, pursue your gifts and your goals. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to ask, you know, why did that encouragement have so much weight for you once you got past this star factor? And what was it like to be encouraged by Prince and pursuing some of the things that you aspired to be? And I'll ask that
1: of Samantha first. Oh, wow. This is like a, a huge question for me because that's like his biggest influence on me was like um, letting me know that it's okay to, to be me and to swamp um, my gifts. And the um, first, not the first time I met him, but the first like full conversation that we had um, was at his church and he was sitting on a chair and I was sitting cross-legged on the floor in front of him, um, 12 years old. And I told him that, um, that I started playing saxophone at age 10 because of Candy Dolphin. Um, and he, uh, he said, um, you know, if, if you're any good, you can play in my band. We're, Mm -hmm. we're lacking uh, female musicians in this world. Um, and he just spoke about how how women have a place in this world um, and it isn't pre-selected for them. It's, you know, following your own passions. And then, um, I mean, I was 12 at the time and I wasn't any good, but then this, this kind of support continued. Um, when my focus shifted to writing, then he would um, tweet links to my blog that I had started. Um, and then I was studying um marketing and advertising in college. Um and he let me um uh, distribute Hitman on phase two from him. and it was just these like really little um sentences or acts of kindness that that made me realize that he would support, you know, anything that I was passionate about. And um I I just think that's an incredible way to, to build friendships too. Is to, to not try to dictate um, what someone is passionate about or what they'll do with that, but to just try to support them in whatever they choose to do. And he was really the one of the very first people that told me that that women deserve power.
0: Wow. How about you, Chloe?
2: I, to me, I felt like it meant a lot to me because knowing that I'm to me I'm nobody. I'm nothing special. I'm just um. Young, have aspirations, but the the things that Prince wanted me to do, I didn't see myself feeling confident enough to do it. And there's the amount of trust and faith he had into me. Cause it's like, you know, I could be a loose cannon and spread the world and tell the world, that, Oh my God, Prince is talking to me and all of this stuff. But then I thought, no, hold on a second here. He, he has, some, he sees something in me that I don't see. And he trusts and believes in me. I'm going to go out my way and try my best to give it to him and give out what he sees in me and um, I remember I, the reason why I did I went out my way because I remember with the first point of contact when he did shared my video on YouTube I remember receiving a message from Jesse aka Jester and he said to me that um, I'm so happy and glad what you're doing because he never talks to me. That's the funny thing. I never that guy never talks to me like because he's so busy. When he comes out and reached out to me. I thought okay, there's something definitely going on here. And he said to me, I love what you're doing. Keep on doing the good work. Just be ready. I know what I know what's coming. You're gonna. Be, I know what's coming next. And I remember me asking him, well, what's coming next? Ask Prince, What's going on? What do you mean, what's coming next? And, um, and the fact that. I feel like the fact that they never told me what exactly was up coming up next actually helped me because it made me work hard there to be like, you know what, I'm not expecting a prize. I'm just doing what I love and that's to talk and I love music. I may not play it. I can't write songs. I don't know how to play an instrument, but I know how enthusiastic I can be and I would like to spread that support. And um, yeah, and the fact that Prince was so, he's a workaholic as well and, and also a perfectionist it's just to that like the fact that he asked me to do things and had that trust in me, I thought it's only fitting and it's only right to give that same energy back to him.
1: I just want to interject real quick. I hope it's not rude. Um, I, over the years I've heard a lot of people talk about, about him being a perfectionist and, um, I, I believed it when, when I was younger and then, um, just being around him, I realized that the perfection he was striving for wasn't society's version of perfection. It was more being perfectly authentic and using your own gifts and um, being the perfect representation of who you are. Um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, and the
2: better version of yourself. I got you. Yeah,
1: yeah. totally understand.
0: That is really valuable to know because I know um, there are some times when. People talk about Prince, and they, they perceive things to be negative, negative. and I always kind of felt like it, it's not so much that it's negative. I, I respected him the most because he was always true to himself, no matter what mm-hmm. anyone thought, and he was like, I'm going to go 110% in what I believe is right, right now, right for me based on my priorities, And sometimes it may not have gone over well to society because you know society has different priorities or they always want to see you in the way that is comfortable for them. And he was always really good about challenging people's perceptions and challenging people themselves to consider different perspectives in places that were not comfortable necessarily.
1: I was talking to my friend Mark Bondi a couple weeks ago about how um, people always say Prince is a genius. Which might be true, but like he said, there's no such thing as luck. And he, he got to where he was through hard work. And, um, we were talking about to put him up on that pedestal, um, mm-hmm. kind of makes it seem unachievable for the rest of us. Right. And Prince was always about, um, surrounding him with himself with people who he could lift up to that level. And I think in Prince's perfect world, he would have been average. Um, he wouldn't have been a quote-unquote genius. Everyone around him would have been geniuses um, in their own right. That's really interesting the way
0: you put that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: That's true.
0: Definitely true. Yeah. Okay. So another question. Um, what is something that you guys wish, actually kind of goes on top of that last one, what's something you wish people would know and understand about Prince from your perspective? I'll go with Samantha first.
1: Um, I think just to know that he was human, he didn't just appear out of nowhere. He, um, you know, like any other human, he makes mistakes. And, uh, I I think the, the most important part of him, um, was his empathy for others and um, how he tried to lift everyone up. And uh, I, I really admired the way he forg- forgave people um, mm-hmm. and didn't carry around negative energy with him. I don't know. It's such a tough question. Mm-hmm. And there's so much Um,
2: for me, I, I definitely agree with Samantha about how human he was, but also how, how much of a realist he was. He was so real and normal to me. Um, one thing I got, I kind of gathered from him, he's very, he was deeply rooted in his heritage and culture as well. And he was very aware of current news. Like he, I remember the conversation we had about Amazon and he was telling me about, um, Amazon is soon to be released in drones to deliver people's parcels. And I was looking at him, like I was listening to him. I was like, are you crazy? But I was like, then I, a couple months after he died, that came out in in the news. And I was like, Oh my God, Prince told me this first. I found out about this, about Prince. And he's very fascinated about technology as well, especially people say that oh, Prince's relationship with the internet and technology is quite negative. When that wasn't really the case because he's aware how much we need it in today's society. And, um, to me, I also want to mention that well, where wish other people would understand about Prince that he cared a lot, and I think a bit too much to what people think of him and what they say of him, because mm-hmm. I remember when he was doing piano microphone back in Montreal, there was an article that was released, just a standard press release, but it was in French. He said it to me and asked me if I read French. I had to tell Prince, you have you heard of Google Translator? <laughs> but, you know, because my, as soon as he sent it to me, my thing automatically, my computer automatically translated into English. But I kind of understand a little of French here and there. And I was like, this is there's nothing wrong with this. Like, what's wrong? But I realized it was, they were using a picture that Nandi had taken a picture of him. But, and he was wearing, this is one of his, well, kind of like recent pictures. I would say, still say recent, because I have a bad habit of talking of prints in present tense. Um, he, um, he's wearing a gold waistcoat and he's picking his hair. He's kind of like, fluff his hair up, but he's, not, he's looking out away from the camera view. And um, I said to Prince, like, oh, it's just standard press information. it's nothing bad. And he's like, oh, I thought they were talking about... His response, response to me was, oh, I thought they were talking about my vest. And I was like, Prince, you're Prince. Like, the world thinks you're perfect. Why do you think so negatively about yourself? And that's one thing I want people to understand. He's very critical about himself, and I didn't understand why, but he, you know, Yeah.
0: That human again, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. You would never think Prince was like that. Like, he'll think
0: of himself like that, but he does. It's just strange mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. But yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you guys for joining me today for these discussions. Josiah, did you have any questions for them?
1: Um, yeah. I was just wondering, because I know um, from a fan perspective, there's a way that we kind of publicly publicly celebrate Prince and what he meant to us. And I was just wondering if you were comfortable sharing How you personally carry his legacy on, um, irrespective of what other people are doing, just in terms of your personal endeavors, if you're comfortable.
2: Oh, should I go then, Samantha?
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead.
2: Okay. Okay. well, um, my plan originally at a time when I was um, talking to Prince, he had invited me over to go to Paisley Park for the Piano Microphone Gala back in January 20. 2016 and i had to decline because um for reasons that i was at university and um, i wanted to finish my studies and at the time he had um invited me over i just came back from christmas holidays and i said to him i made a promise that i'll come in june and i'll come and see you for like a week and stuff and spend time with you but you know i don't know what is it he wanted to plan on doing and um i wanted to make a deal with him saying that if I get a good grade in my degree in university, I will spend a year with you as an apprenticeship and um, we can work together and build on something. And um, at the time I never had my radio show yet. And I, um, I wanted to, and what I did was I eventually, after he died, I did graduate last year. And now um, sometimes it gives me a platform and a chance to actually spread the news of Prince. Mm-hmm. educate people, entertain them and inform them about him I don't do my YouTube videos anymore because my YouTube videos to me was like my communication with Prince because mm-hmm. he was quite critical of my videos um, there was a point where um, the first two videos were filmed on, um, on my laptop the second video he asked me to do was um, done on my mom's phone and then I, he told me to invest in a camera which I did I invested in a camera mm. and then invested in the lighting equi- equipment and then I end up investing into using and buying software to actually edit these things and do it properly and um, to my tribute to Prince is just like I'm quite I don't want to be my own chest and be like yeah I've spoken to Prince because many people thousands and hundreds of people have their lives impacted by Prince working with him personally um, but my thing is like I will as a young fan in the community continue that legacy because what I've also now realized is that um, the community, the age group, they're getting older and older, not many are going to have the energy to keep consistently doing it but I'm still here, I'm fresh and I'm going to try my best to support and that's what I would like to do, that's continue his legacy and what he's taught me
1: Wow, yeah Um, I also attribute well, I, I attribute finishing school a year ago um, to Prince, I haven't ever told anyone this publicly, but, um, while I was in school, my, my mother and my sister was five at the time and they were homeless and, um, Prince paid for them to stay at, at a uh, country in the suites in Chanhassen for a year,
0: mm-hmm. um, so
1: that I could stop working full time and, and focus on my school. Um, and so it was very bittersweet to, to walk and get my uh, degree without him mm-hmm. on the planet anymore. You know. Um, That's beautiful. And, Go ahead. Um, and I've just been trying to use um my gifts, my natural gifts, and my passions um, to not only spread like stories of Prince, but Right, kind of the philosophy of what Prince was about, about being your authentic self in every single moment and doing exactly what the universe is pushing you to do, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes requires me to, to plan time to not plan anything and just see what happens in life. Um, and it's taken me on this incredible journey um, to work with a lot of other people who are um, also working to preserve his legacy Um, And I don't think I can speak on some of these projects publicly at this point, but Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of really positive stuff coming out of the Prince community and out of Minneapolis uh, to try to educate people on not only who he was as a musician, but where he came from and um, who his influences were and, and how he treated other people as a human being. And I think those are, um, really important things to share, and not just the music. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um,
0: so th- this conversation's been really interesting and powerful, just coming from the younger fans, because... We always get a lot of flack for how do we know about Prince or what do we know about Prince because we weren't there. But there is such a powerful energy and learning experience in being a Prince fam and learning how, again, to be your authentic self. And one of the things that I respect and love the most about all of this is that as we, we, yes, we lost him as we are used to seeing him here. But he's so present with all of us and encouraging us and helping us to grow those gifts, not just or, or the consistent thing that I've heard especially um, as people are trying to preserve his legacy now, that we're digging into the talents that we have and offering them and exploring them and growing them through the exposure of his legacy as well to the point where we become more confident in our gifts so that we can give them even outside of the context of Prince too and I think that's really important, the music's amazing yes, but what are the lessons in the music are we listening past it's funky to, to hear here's a a different way to live. Here's a different way to think. Here's a different way to love Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. kind of push against our own boundaries and help us to grow as people as well. So I want to encourage everybody to really, yes, that's your favorite song, but why is it your favorite song? Why does this song make you cry? Why does this song make you happy? And discover those things because there's a lot of growth in understanding that about yourself too. so that That's being so said, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like why am I crying listening to Rapunzel and Zipa? But anyway, um, <laughs> where can people find you guys on the internet to follow you? We'll start with Chloe.
2: Um, I'm on Facebook as Chloe Calvin. C H L O E C L C L. Can I not spell my own surname today? What's going on <laughs> C A L V I N. And Twitter is Little miss cc so it's l-i-l underscore miss M I S S C C, also known as cc crowd control for some strange reason thank you Prince. and on instagram
0: is chloe.calvin okay and how about you samantha
1: um i very rarely use instagram or twitter but i'm on both as sax addicts 93 it's s-a-x-a-d-d-i-c-t nine three um and then i post a lot on facebook under um Samantha, Mariah, and McCarroll. And I don't really add people that I've never met, but there's an option to follow me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm also writing um, for people at Paisley Park. So there's um, a lot of of stories um, that get posted there that I don't talk about anywhere else.
0: Okay. And also, I want to thank you for your... Archive of Prince's tweets. I found that several years ago. I was like, yes, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and Fisayo?
1: Oh, yes, you can find me on Twitter at F I S A Y O A D E T. And you can also find me on Tumblr at just Prince Things, just Prince Things. com.
0: And I am Darling Misi. I am that on Tumblr as well as Twitter. And we are a subset of the Prince podcast by Michael Dean. Thank you, Michael Dean, for your support, and thank you guys for listening. Bye.
1: So
2: that is y'all for you to see what's beyond you and me. Uh, depends, my friends, primarily on how you view your role in eternity. If she could be muse to the girl